0: Wonderful! Always good to hear the chatter. I hope for you over the next few weeks. If you're quite a new, you'll get to know one or two people. One of the things that we do have here, we at the back on the welcome desk, something called "I'm new here." So, if you're somebody that's new and looking maybe for Encounter Church to be your spiritual home uh, for a little while, or like to be kept in touch with what goes on in the life and mission of the church. Then there's some cards at the back, and we just uh, invite people if they want to to give us their their name and leave their email address, and then we keep you in touch with all that's going on in the life of the church, so feel free to do that. Uh, all the student lunches and all those things that you might want to know about. So because we're having this 100 hours of prayer, we, over this particular uh, season, September to November, on Sunday mornings, we've been focusing on prayer. In our connect groups, largely, we've been focusing... On prayer as well, and the very first session, Gary, um, one of our um, speakers, he unpacked uh, the Lord's Prayer because that was in response. Jesus told them to pray in a particular way as a response to the disciples asking the specific question, "Lord, teach us to pray," and that's what Jesus responded with. And of course. They were always learning, they were always on this journey of learning how to pray, and they were praying at times, weren't they? And they were just amazed at what God did, and and just spontaneously what God did is is God showed them what he was about and what prayer can be like. Now, I'm sure that the Lord smiles on us um, often when it comes to prayer and some of the things that um, we pray, or we're not too sure how to pray, but God understands what we pray, don't we? Um, And we all have our own stories. Now our children, we try to teach them to pray quite early on. And um, I remember our son, when he first went to Sunday school, called it Sunday school, we called it Encounter Kids here, Sunday school. And so he was about four or five, I think. And as a parent, we always want to know what they're going to be like when they go to Sunday school or when they go to school. I always wanted to be a fly on the wall to see how he acted, or maybe I was a bit fearful of how he would act. No, he's, he's a good lad, really. But I remember the first Sunday they went into Sunday school. So, as parents, myself and Wendy, we wanted to know whether you enjoyed it or what you got out of it. And that's the thing that you want. So, we are sitting at our lunch table. We had a um, typical Sunday lunch. And we, we, we hesitated. We didn't want to jump in too quickly. But after a while, we said, David, how was Sunday school? And his typical fashion it was all right. Now, that's good. That is very good. And. Um, And, you know, we wanted to know, he doesn't give a lot away, you know, what were you looking at? And I was quite impressed, because he said it was something to do with Daniel and some lions. So I thought, pretty good, pretty good, Sunday school teachers, at least they're looking at Bible stuff, that's pretty good. And and he said, what happened with Daniel? He says, Daniel was, there were some lions, and he was in a den with some lions. And so we thought, this is pretty good. He's picking up the story, which is very good as well. And we said, then what happened? He says, well, then Daniel prayed and the lions ate him. (laughs) So the Sunday school was doing pretty well up to a point until understanding the answers to prayer. Now, obviously, the lions didn't eat Daniel, if you read it. He did survive. He didn't pray, Lord, for what they are about to receive. May they be truly thankful. (laughs) <laughs> they did survive. I'm sure that God smiles on us when it comes to prayer, but it's something to keep learning about and developing. It's wonderful. So I'm going to base this message a little bit on Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7. So just read those few verses, Philippians 4, 4 to 7. The words will probably, the text will come up on the screen. Where the Apostle Paul says this, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the Apostle Paul knew some very significant things about prayer, how he sums up, some very important things in just these very first verses is amazing. Now, a few weeks ago, we kind of reflected on Pete Gregg's book, Teach Us How to Pray. And he, he mentioned four kind of steps within the Lord's Prayer itself, which I thought this is really helpful. Even though I've been a Christian for many decades now, I thought this is really helpful. So step one when we pray it's about pausing. This is what the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is saying. We come to our Father, we pause, we become. We come before our Heavenly Father. So whatever's going, going off within our, our week, then we can come and pause. This is really helpful. And the Lord's Prayer prompts us and encourages us at times to come and to pause. And in Paul's uh, letter here to Philippians, he says, The Lord is near do not be anxious about anything. The Lord is near. And sometimes we need to pause and to reflect on that truth, don't we? That the Lord is near. Even if we're in a car, we pause. It, it, I don't mean stop, but we kind of pause in our thinking. So the Lord is near. There's a great um, verse in the Bible that a song was written about in the 70s and 80s called Be Still and Know That I Am God. And it was the most popular song song around the world. For about 20 years, be still and know that I am God. Pausing is part of the invitation. Somebody says this to move forward, we must learn to pause. We must learn to pause and come before our Heavenly Father. It's he just a wonderful invitation. And step two, uh, P. Greg says this he says that we rejoice. So P stands for pause, R in prayer stands for rejoice. And this is brought out by the Apostle Paul as well, doesn't it? He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Now the Apostle Paul is talking about prayer. He's talking about how we pray and he's saying, start by rejoicing, start by celebrating who God is and celebrate our relationship with God. This is such a key thing when we come before God in prayer. And the second part of the Lord's Prayer is, in, "Our Father in who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name." We reflect on how great God is. Now, I'm happy that anybody who uses our prayer room for an hour. If they just go into worship and listen to worship music, you know, resting God's presence, that is fine by me. I mean, that is a part of prayer—just pausing, coming before our heavenly Father, and rejoicing before Him. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be. Your name and hallowed means to greatly revere and to honor. It really helps our prayer lives when we greatly revere and honor the Lord Himself. And somebody says this He says, Pete Greg says, Unwittingly, we have unhallowed the Father's name, and in losing the goodness of God, we struggle with prayer because we fail to grasp the mind blowing privilege of simply being in the presence of God Himself. That really helps our prayer life when we, we come before our Heavenly Father who is awesome and who is amazing, who is above it all, who is above all things. And to come before him in prayer and remind ourselves about this, life looks different, doesn't it, when we celebrate who he is in that way. Now the Y in prayer is standing for, in this um, is yield before the Lord. So the Y's, we'll come back to A, is yield before the Lord. Eugene Peterson, who who translated the Message Bible, he says this, One of the differences between you and God is that God doesn't think he is you. He doesn't think that he is you. I'm glad that God is God and not you. I'm glad that God is God and not me. Because when we come before him, we're looking for his will to be done, not our will to be done. And he says, when you pray... Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. And part of our prayer is say, God, I want your will to be done in my life why I'm here on earth. And when we come before him in prayer, we are coming, yes, we, we rejoice, we pause, but we're also saying, God, whatever, I, we, I want your will within my life. And I think even the people coming to pray for now is a statement, God, I want your will to be done in my life why I am here on earth. But the A in prayer, according to Pete Gregg, or in this acronym is really helpful, is about asking. I just want to just focus on that mainly for a few minutes. Because when it comes to prayer, we kind of do probably more of the asking than the pausing or the yielding or the rejoicing. The asking is really important and there's many statements in the lord's prayer where we are encouraged to ask simply ask thy kingdom come we're praying big prayers give us this day our daily bread forgive us our trespasses we forgive those who trespass against us help us within our temptation so there's a lot that we can ask for and it's a spiritual principle to come and to ask we're invited to come and to ask In the Bible, the New Testament says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find. That's immediately after Jesus mentions the Lord's Prayer, as we know those terms, the Lord's Prayer. And he says, then ask it will be given to you, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. In the book of James, James says this, you do not have because you do not ask. And asking is a spiritual principle. Uh, Somebody says this, our primary privilege as God's children is to ask audaciously and repeatedly for everything we need, expecting him to answer naturally or supernaturally. So the word prayer, going back into um, translated, uh, means to ask earnestly, or in Latin, to entreat. To ask earnestly or to entreat, that's what prayer is About So we can come before God and ask earnestly. And Charles Purgeon, just an amazing preacher in the Baptist church and author, he says this. He says, Jesus asked. Jesus asked. Jesus received through asking from his heavenly father, how can we expect the rule to be relaxed in our favor? So if Jesus comes before his heavenly father and asks, why would we expect that he's going to be a different way? It is not going to be a different way. And God encourages us to come ask and ask. Now, we don't get everything we want. We don't have any right to expect and insist on um, unending streams of luxury. We can't really expect that. But in the northeast of England, we're from the northeast of England in a place called Newcastle. Anybody here been to Newcastle? There you go, a few people have been to Newcastle. Well, they speak a different language up there. Let me say this. It's funny when our children come down to the Midlands, you know, people come and say, Oh, speak some, speak some Geordie as if it's another language. It's not quite another language. It is quite a strong accent. But they have this saying up there, they have many sayings up there. And one of them is this is, shy bairns getting out. Shy bairns getting out. And when I say that to people, they say, What are you talking about? Well, shy means shy. Bairns means children. Shy children. Get means get. And now it means nothing. Shy children get nothing. So what that's encouraging in the Northeast is that you do need to step out, you know, unless you ask sometimes. And it's a spiritual principle become come before a Heavenly Father to ask before him. To earnestly pray. Now Christians, are, you know, on the whole are good at praying. Now two places where i found that Christians pray a lot One is, is if they are on an aeroplane. I've come across a lot of Christians who pray on aeroplanes. Give the pilot guidance, that sort of stuff. May he be well, that sort of stuff. But I sat next to many Christians who I didn't know that they spoke in tongues until I sat next to them on an aeroplane. Then I really found out that they... Um, I mean, they pray so loudly in tongues, there should be an interpretation. I mean, they, some people are really nervous. I remember hearing about one, one Christian, he was on, on an airplane, and he was so nervous. He was one of those that, you know, he needed reinsurance from the Lord, so he had his Bible with him, not on his phone, but a few years ago. He used to have the Bible, you know, not on phones. Before phones, there was the Bible. Let me say this, just so you know. There was the Bible. And... But he's one of those that he opened up his Bible and he was going to point to it and hope that a verse was going to be there to encourage him while he was on this flight because he was so nervous. So he opens his Bible and he puts his finger in and the verse says, Today you will be with me in paradise. <laughs> wasn't quite the verse he was looking for, but um, he, wasn't, he wasn't that day in paradise Anyway. Now, the second time that I picked up the Christians' fray really, and particularly Methodists, people that go to Methodist church. Now, I was brought up in a Methodist church as a Christian. wasn't really brought up to go to church. But certain groups of Christians seem to have faith for different things. So, Youth Through the Mission, YWAM. You heard of YWAM, Youth Through the Mission. Just amazing. Have real faith for money and buildings. And, although, although some people think that YWAM stands for youth without any money. And... Um, And some people think that wyron stands for young women after men. But anyway, it it stands for youth with a mission. But they have this great faith for buildings and for mercy ships and stuff like that. They're amazing. But I picked up that Methodist churches, or people in Methodist churches, when I've been in a car, their prayer life takes off praying for a car park space in the centre of the city. And um, they've got incredible faith. So I know that if I go in a car with a Christian from Methodist Church, I know I'm going to get a car parking space. Because they have so much faith, so many testimonies about how God has prepared. Now we're different, aren't we? And we have faith for different things. But the principle is to come and to ask. And as we grow as Christians, we should grow in our understanding what we can ask for. And in John chapter 15, it says this, if you remain in me, my word's remain in you. Ask whatever you will, and it will be given to you. And we learn to appreciate what God wants us to ask for. And let me remind you, before we just move on, that God has already answered our most important prayer. God has already answered our most important prayer. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, it says this, If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So God has already answered that most important prayer, our forgiveness, and to belong to him. And it says here, in Christ, how will he not graciously go on and give us so much more? Because he is for us, and he is on our side. And we learn to pray within his will. Now, Pete Gregg is very good because he, as we've been looking in our Connect groups, he gives four pointers uh, about prayer. And I'm just going to mention those briefly before we finish this morning. Four things that is really helpful for us as we pray. And firstly, A is pray with other people. It's a good thing to pray with other people because it can be very effective praying with other people, it can be very exciting praying for other people it can be very encouraging praying for other people and in scripture this brings it out jesus brings it out in matthew chapter 18 verse 15 he says okay again i truly tell you that if two or three on earth agree about anything that they ask for it will be done for them by my father in heaven for where two or three gather my name there i am there with them so, there's something very effective about praying with other people. Now, I, I like praying on my own. I really do like praying on my own. I like praying with large groups. I like praying with small groups. But it's good at times to pray with other Christians because there's a unity about it. There's something about unity that God likes, there's something that's faith building. About it, there's something that you hear other people pray, and you think, "Oh, they just landed on what is the right way to pray for this." Because sometimes we don't know what to pray for, so it's good to do that. And that's why we invite people to our Unite Prayer Meetings. That's why we invite people to our Sunday morning at the end. If you'd like someone to pray for you, if there's a particular need, then we we love to pray for people. So even this morning, there's something that you'd like us to pray for. Bring before the Lord. Sometimes it's good to have somebody else pray with you for that. And it could be a physical thing. It could be a financial thing. It could be a thing that is just bothering you, an issue you just can't resolve. We, just, we enjoy praying because we're two or three. We know that God wants to bless, that God wants to be with us. So we encourage, we very much encourage that. And in our connect groups, we, we pray. As Pete Greg says this, from the first day of creation to the last chapter of Revelation... Scripture describes God breaking in, invading time and space, interrupting and disrupting the laws of nature. God is above all things, and he can break in. We, we sang a lot this morning about God breaking in, don't we? And Why do we sing that? Not because it's in the Bible, because we've experienced it already. And God will break into different situations. Now, some of the great, greatest breakthroughs in Scripture that we read about are when people pray together. Some of the greatest ones, and I won't haven't got time to go into them this morning, but praying with others is really good. Secondly, secondly, because I said there was four, let's go quickly. Pray incrementally, pray incrementally. What does that mean? Well, Jesus gave a bit of a clue after the Lord's Prayer, when he says, ask, and it will be given to you, seek, and you'll find, knock, and the door will be opened to you. There can be a little bit of a process when we pray. So it's not just necessarily asking once. That can happen, but it's happening again and again, and God leading us how to pray, particularly when it's something big, particularly when it's for other people. Lord, you know, teach us to pray, and sometimes praying incrementally. Begin by asking, understanding God's purpose, and continuing to pray. Now, I remember when I was uh, quite a bit younger, going to uh, college. Uh, I was in my 30s. Didn't really study a lot until my 30s, and uh, thought I'd go and do a management course near Newcastle, so I went to North Tyneside College, and I was very keen to share my faith at times, very keen that other people knew about the love of God. I remember driving on the first Wednesday evening, it was 6.30 till 9.30 each Wednesday for about a year, I remember praying that during my time there, that at least one person would become a Christian. That's what I prayed on the way there, until I met them, until I met them. And the second week, when I was driving there, I prayed, Lord, please can somebody be interested at least? Because my confidence wasn't that high. I couldn't really imagine one of them becoming a Christian. But I could imagine that God would do something that one of them would at least be interested that at least have the opportunity at some point to share something about my faith. And a few weeks in, that kind of opportunity came. Because during the break, we'd go and have coffee together, and I remember drinking hot chocolate. And opposite me came and sat a guy called Steve. Now, Steve was the most vocal of the group. There's was about 23rd of us. He was very vocal. He was kind of very funny. Uh, his language uh, was very uh, offensive to some people. He swore a lot. Um, and he was the least likeliest person that I would thought would be interested in Christianity, until he said... Phil, have you heard of, heard of Alpha? No, I played it cool. Alpha, how do you spell it? Um, <laughs> Alpha, Alpha. He says, yeah, he says, you know, in these churches all around, I see all these kind of signs about Alpha, and I know this to do with Christianity, I know you're a Christian. He um, picked that up, because um, we all talked about our jobs. And he says, I want to go on an Alpha course. Well, you could have blown me away. It was amazing. But when, you know, but then I kept praying, because how many people say, I want to go an Alpha course and don't turn up? And so I was praying and praying and praying, and he turned up every night. And so you keep praying and praying and praying, incrementally you're praying, oh Lord, you know, he keeps coming, and you pray that he goes to the Holy Spirit Day, of course. Pray that he becomes a Christian, and he becomes a Christian. It's amazing. He gets baptized, and then his wife comes along, so praying for her. Now they had their challenges and stuff, but sometimes we can begin where we feel that we can begin, and where we have the confidence and faith for. So if you've moved into a new street where you're still praying, Lord, we want to connect with people in a fresh way. Just get to know people. We're not asking them to come to our church. We, we want to get to know people, and we can pray incrementally. It's really helpful. Then thirdly, thirdly, you're listening well, pray God's promises. Pray God's promises. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 20 says this, For all the promises of God are yes in him. Amen. To the glory of God through us. So all God's promises are yes. So God has so much for us. It's not as if we can just pray for a car and say, Oh, God's promised me a car. He's not necessarily promised you a car, has he? But we learn what God has promised to us, and we get something of a revelation, and God impresses something on our hearts, of a particular promise that he wants us to pray into. And it could be for some people that God will supply all our needs according to his provision, which is in heaven. So, you know, it's okay reading that, but when we're in need and God really kind of that jumps out of us or in our quiet time that speaks to us, we know that God is saying pray into this. It's is a spiritual principle to pray. And God, he might lay in our hearts through, even when we worship him, God might lay in our hearts something that we think, yeah, I need to take hold of, that particular promise that he has given me. Now, when Wendy and I were younger, um, we were young once, I was, Wendy was, and we were living by faith, partly by faith. So I had a little bit of salary coming in, but my job meant that we were living by faith and hints and all that kind of stuff. So we... We're trusting God to supply quite quite supernaturally in some respects. And, um, and I really appreciate those times. There's something about your relationship with God when you know that you need him to provide financially. And uh, to go through those things, you think it could be hard, but they're not because you have so many stories and testimonies of God's goodness, it is amazing. But we were, we didn't know whether we could afford to have children. We weren't going to buy one, but we didn't know whether, <laughs> we didn't know, we didn't know whether it could, because a, a child between naught and 18 costs parents, on average, £200,000. Well, now you're sitting there thinking, well, I didn't get any of it. <laughs> but if you take into account spare bedrooms and your booster seat and all those kind of things, all the things that you kind of demand. It costs about 200,000 pounds. After 18, it costs twice as much. <laughs> but we weren't too sure, and then Wendy got this verse, particularly from Psalms 37 verse 25, that says this. The psalm is saying, I'm young and now I'm old... Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. I've never seen it. Now that verse is not saying, no, this was the psalmist saying, I'm young and now I'm old. I mean, the Lord wasn't saying, you're old. That wasn't the point. But the psalmist was saying, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. And we knew that the Lord was saying, I'm not going to fail you. Not going to fail you. I will be there. You can take this step. It's not our righteousness, but it is God's goodness. You can take this step. Now, I'd have to say over the years, I'd have loved it. I'd have loved it if our kids had only begged for bread. I'd have loved it. Because they beg for everything when it comes. I mean, when they come home from school, what's for food? Even now when they come, you know, even when they're traveling around, they text and say, what are we doing for food? In their 30s, I mean... There we go. God is incredibly generous, and he's still being that. So we can pray God's promises. What I mean is, if God gives you a verse or a word from somebody else or even a line of a song, sometimes he just lays it on our hearts, and we're praying to that promise at that particular time because God wants us to ask. So pray God's promises. There's a lot more I can say about that. And finally, 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 pray consistently. Pray consistently. Pray consistently. Uh, In Psalm chapter 5, he talks about morning by morning. The psalmist says, Lord, I wake up and I lay my requests before you. And then I wait in expectation and anticipation of what you're going to do. And that's a wonderful thought, isn't it? That we wait in expectation. Now, sometimes we can pray once and have this sense that God is just saying, leave that with me. Just leave it with me now. Just leave it with me. You don't need to keep praying for it. But there's times when it is good and important to be consistent and pursue prayer, because we need to keep on praying, we are in a spiritual battle, and Ephesians says this, do not become weary in doing good, because at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. And we want to keep praying and not give up, particularly those things that God has specifically laid on our hearts. And we know for a fact that God wants people to be blessed, we do know for a fact that God wants people to know about him, we do know for a fact that we... He wants people to become Christians. We know that for a fact. So we can be persistent in prayer concerning this. And, and I have with my family. Some of my family did become Christians, and we persist with others. Now, D.L. Moody, I don't know if you've heard of D.L. Moody, and uh, he was a spiritual leader. He was born in Northfield in 1837. That's Northfield, Massachusetts, by the way, not Northfield, Birmingham that's where he was born in 1937 and uh, cuz when i thought Dale Moody born in Northfield i thought what no massachusetts so yeah let's clear that up now he was uh, around in the uh, 19th century and he was just in in america just incredible minister of god in a period of revival over there and i was reading this week that He he had the names of 100 of his family members and close friends, 100, and he prayed for them. He's reckoned on a daily basis. I don't know quite how he did it, but he prayed for them on a regular basis. By the time he died, about 70 years later, 96 of them had become Christians, which is amazing. And the other four became Christians at his funeral. That's an amazing story, isn't it? That's just amazing. I'm like, you know, sometimes we can put a heavy load on ourselves to do the same thing. But I think he's just encouraging us, doesn't it, that we can pray consistently. And so Psalm, uh, sorry, Philippians 4, as we read at the start, verse 4 says, The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. The disciple says, Lord, teach us to pray. We're still asking the Lord that. Lord, teach us to pray. But you only learn, let me say this, we only learn to pray as we pray. We only learn to pray as we pray. As we step out, it's the only way that we're going to learn. To pray for new things in new ways. As God gives fresh revelation, as we take those steps, we have those testimonies and we learn what promises God is that we learn what God wants to answer. So we pray that God is going to bless us over this next week. We pray that God blesses you as you continue on that journey of prayer. Please do join us if we you know, have our Unite prayer meeting at the end of the week. But also after the service, if you'd like somebody to pray for you, uh, we just invite people if they'd like to just to come and uh, sit on one of the chairs at the front. And uh, myself or one of the other leaders will be delighted to come and pray for you this morning because we know that God wants to bless you. So I'm going to invite the band to come up and uh, join me. They are going to lead us in one song as we draw our service to a close. We really appreciate you kind of listening this morning. I hope that there's one or two things that stuck out. And as we regularly say at Encounter Church, you can't cover every point in every way um, perfectly but there's times when we just say come on join up the dots if you sense God saying something to you take the step say God I feel that you're saying to this this, to me this morning this is how I'm going to respond so why don't we stand to our feet we've been seated for a while if you're able to would like to join us and I'm going to pray what the disciples prayed Lord teach us to pray and I'm going to pray that God is going to bless this aspect of your life uh, over these next few days and certainly going forward, let's pray together. Lord, your word says, every good and perfect gift comes from our Father in heaven. And Lord, we just don't know where we'd be without this incredible gift of prayer. And like the disciples, even though we might have been Christians for days or decades, Lord, we're saying, please teach us to pray. Teach us to pray afresh. Lord, we love coming into your presence. Father, remind us, Lord, that that is something, that is just an amazing invitation. Lord, for those who want to, would love to pray with other people and within a smaller group that, yeah, help them to do that, Lord, that to be released to do that. For those, Lord, that are really reaching out to you at the moment about a situation that just don't know how to pray, thank you, Lord, that you know. Help them to know how to pray. And Lord, we do thank you for all those things that you've let, placed on our hearts to pray for and, and you just answered so spectacularly. We have received one blessing after another and we pray that you would lead us in this adventure. In Jesus' name, amen.